welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. All right, friends, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Hebrews. We were in a series on this before uh, we made this little transition. We took a couple of weeks off. I went and traveled. I don't even know where I went. L.A.? No. Mexico. I was in Mexico. That's where I was. I went surfing. That was pretty cool. I almost separated my shoulder, but they call it a washing machine. You get stuck, and it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Surfers, you know, we know those kind of things. <laughs> so uh, just um, before we jump in, uh, about Discover Awaken, uh, we, had been ta- we had been saying bring your own lunch, and um, I was talking with some folks, and we were like, that, that's just... And that's not cool. So we made someone, that's the proverbial we, uh, not I, someone made a big crock pot of chili, and my wife made some cornbread and cookies. Yep. (laughs) So those will be available. If you want to come Discover Awake and you didn't bring your lunch, there will be food for you. So that's at 1230. And then uh, I'll say this now. I'm supposed to say this at the end of the gathering. Last week I forgot, and I felt horrible. But we have a wonderful group of people who have said we want to make prayer a part of this space and a part of this gathering, maybe more so than we have at Awaken in the past. And so there will be people down in front, uh, over here and over here. If you need prayer for anything or want prayer for anything, they would be thrilled to pray with you. So uh, I'll, I'm going to try to say that at the end as well, but uh, I figured I'd get it in the notes right at the beginning. So Hebrews chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, I'll ask you to stand and we will read from verses 1 through 11 and then we will jump right in. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also, amen, sister, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day, and in these words, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 8, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that none will perish by following their example of disobedience. Pray with me. God, as we open this scripture today and as we open ourselves and our hearts, our minds to you and your work, it's my prayer, uh, as always, that you would speak. God, that when we gather as, a, as your church, that we would set the table to, uh, to meet with you. And so, God, all of these things that we do, um, these songs and studying your word and being together and listening and in in silence, we do because we want to hear from you. And so, God, I pray that we would have eyes to see you this morning, maybe in ways that we haven't before, that we would have ears to hear you, 
in ways that maybe we haven't before. That your spirit would speak uh, the words that we need. We pray in all God's people said. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So if you're new and you're just sort of jumping in, or you've forgotten anything that we've done in the book of Hebrews thus far, just a little bit of review. Chapter 3 in the book of Hebrews is a conversation with Psalm 95. So whoever wrote Hebrews is speaking, and he's quoting from Psalm 95. It's direct quotes, almost uh, nearly the half of the psalm. And so what's being said in chapter 4 is tapping into what's already been said in chapter 3, which is tapping into Psalm 95. Are we still clear? Everybody's still with me, right? So whenever you find therefore in the Bible, you know, the, uh, the joke is you should ask why is therefore there, right? And he's obviously saying, because of what I've just said in chapter 3, then this applies, okay? And he begins this conversation, or he continues this conversation about rest, about Sabbath, And there's a number of different ways that the author is speaking about Sabbath and about rest. We're going to unpack that a little bit, and I want to hopefully get to the point where we leave today with maybe some really practical thoughts about Sabbath and about rest. But I I want to begin a conversation this morning about Sabbath, about Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat means literally to stop. And if I'm being honest, I hope that maybe even more than normal, this conversation continues. If you're in a life group, this is the kind of conversation that I hope and pray for when you meet with your life group. If you have friends and you gather around a table, it's this kind of a conversation, I think, that will bear fruit in your life. And so I hope and pray that it continues. I hope that you have it. If you have a family, I hope and pray that you as, as parents or as kids or as students, you, you engage in a conversation about what does it mean to rest? What does it mean to take a day and set it apart for something? And this is culturally, it, it's really, really hard for us to do. I think in our culture, in America, it's work, 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 so that, or work, 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 and then you get vacation, right? You get a rest. You work enough And you do the things you have to do, you produce, you create, you work, you meet the deadlines, you go, 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 so that. And then you're like, oh, I deserve a break. I deserve a rest. Or that vacation is, it's worthy. Like, I deserve that now. And that's the culture that we live in. And yet, I think the scriptures is telling a very different story and inviting us into a very different kind of reality. So, today, that's what I want to do. I hope that it's helpful. I hope that it's fruitful. Have you guys ever had tiramisu? Yeah. How many of you like tiramisu? Okay, lots of you. Does anyone not like tiramisu? A couple of, oh, a fair amount. Okay. So it's a split, it's a, it's a bipartisan deal here. So tiramisu, if you don't know, it's a layered cake, right? There are, there are multiple layers in a tiramisu cake. I don't really know. There's a ladyfinger cookie, evidently, in there. Is it, and I think there might be Kahlua in t- tiramisu. There's chocolate, right? There's cake. So there's lots of different layers to tiramisu, and, and each of them have a different flavor, and right, they all sort of work together, and voila, voila. <laughs> voila. <laughs> oh, I actually bought mustache wax last week, guys. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with my facial hair. I never thought it was possible. I never thought it was possible. So I don't care if you like it. I'm having a blast. I really am. I'm just having a blast. Every day I wake up and I'm like, badger mustache wax, here we go. Okay, tiramisu. Right, back on track. So it's layered. It's nuanced. There's lots of different things. 
This passage in Hebrews chapter 4, it is multi-layered, and the author is speaking to multiple different things at the same time, which is why if you were reading it and you were kind of like, like spinning around, like, what, where are we? What are we talking about? It's okay. Settle down. We're going to try to unpack it. Uh, I want to offer a couple of keys to this passage and hopefully unlocking it a little bit, uh, and, but first a question. And the question is, the rest that's being re- referenced in chapter 4 of Hebrews, is it temporary or is it eternal? Uh, lots of people debate on this. There's, if you read commentaries, some people will say that what's being offered, the rest, the Sabbath, was a temporary thing that was for Israel. It was for whoever the psalmist was writing to, and it was for the person who the, that, that Hebrews was writing to. So it was temporary in that sense. It was very present. And then there are other people who say, is it eternal? Are we talking about heaven after we die? And I would say the answer to this question is yes. In order to understand what he's doing, you have to understand this, this category or this idea. And this is key number one, right? And I would say it this way, inaugurated eschatology. Now, if you're new to church or you're new to uh, theology, this is, these are big words, so let me see if I can unpack it. Inaugurated eschatology is simply the idea that something has begun and it's not yet fully realized. So something has started and it's on its way, but it's not yet fully realized. So in the Old Testament, God, Yahweh, covenants God's self to Israel and begins something, begins a reality or creates a reality by which this group of people can be in relationship with God through the the sacrificial system. So when or if someone were to sin or break God's law, there was a way by which they could be brought back into relationship with God. And this covenant set a trajectory or a course for all of humanity, because Israel was for all of creation, not just Israel, for all of humanity to be in relationship with Yahweh. So in one sense, it, was, it began, or the covenant with Israel, began something that was not yet fully realized. It was inaugurated, but not yet consummated. Similarly, in the New Testament, when Jesus dies and resurrects from the grave, there is something that begins at resurrection, a new reality that's created by which the people of God who trust in Christ can be in relationship with God and moving towards what God is headed towards, which is, of course, the restoration of all things, redemption, reconciliation. So in in the same way, the New Testament, the people of God, it's been inaugurated, something has been started, but it's not yet fully realized. So we still experience pain, death, the effects of sin in our lives and, and in the world. But something has begun, and it's headed somewhere. It's been inaugurated, but it's not yet realized. In the same way, I think the author of Hebrews is using Sabbath in this framework. That something has begun, and it, it's not yet fully realized, but it, can, it will be at one point. So, is the Sabbath rest temporary and for us right now? The answer is yes, absolutely. He quotes from Psalm 95, which is talking about Israel, who was invited into a particular kind of rest that they didn't actually enter. And the psalmist is saying, don't harden your hearts like they did. This rest is for you right now, possible. So enter it. The writer of Hebrews is doing the same thing. It's possible for you right now to experience a certain kind of life that's connected to Shabbat, Sabbath, rest. So it's temporary, yes, and it's eternal. There is something that wait, awaits us on the other side of resurrection that the authors refer to as Shabbat, as Sabbath, as rest. So is it temporary? Yes, absolutely possible here, right now, present to you, today. 
And is it something that's eternal? Yes, absolutely. So that's the first key. If you kind of understand that idea, then you sort of start making the lay of the land. The second key, I would say, um, you really have to understand the layers. So I want to try to show the different layers that the author is writing to and about, and we'll just kind of go through this. I'm not going to talk about it uh, in depth, but the first layer is the actual beginning, Sabbath, in creation in Genesis chapter 2. So I think these will be on the screen here. On the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all of the work of creating he had done. So the author begins, or, or is at least speaking about, the beginning of Sabbath, when it first shows up in the scriptures, which is in Genesis. God creates the world in six days, it says, how that works out. There's lots of different opinions, interesting conversation. God creates in six, and on the seventh, he stops, he rests. And this is where the idea of Sabbath, anywhere it shows up in Scripture later, is coming from. It begins here in Genesis 2, because this is who God is. This is how God models to us what it means to be human. We work six, we rest one. And so then Israel is invited into that later. So this is one of the layers that Hebrews 4 is talking about. The second is rest in the land. In the book of Exodus chapter 6, we find God, these are the four I will, or I, I will statements of Yahweh. He says, I will bring you out of Egypt, I will do this, and I will give you, or bring you into a land I swore with uplifted hand to your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. So Hebrews 4 is talking about an invitation that Israel got from the beginning to enter into the land God was going to give them in such a way that they experience the rest and Sabbath of God. So layer one is creation. Layer two in this text is this invitation of Israel. The third one is from the Psalms, right? So Psalm 95 is quoting, or the psalmist is saying, do you remember when Israel was invited into this rest, into the land, and they didn't go in? They disobeyed and they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. Don't be like them, the psalmist says. You too can enter this rest right now. What's available to you, what's being offered to you, is a particular kind of life which is connected to the way in which God made you. Don't harden your hearts like they did. So you have creation, you have Israel, then you have the psalmist, and now we have Hebrews chapter 4, and he's quoting from Psalm 95. And he's saying to the people who received the book of Hebrews the same thing. Don't harden your hearts like they did. Don't do that, but there is offered and available to you a particular kind of life that's connected to Shabbat, this Sabbath, this idea. So don't be like them, but enter this rest. And then this fifth layer where he says this eternal rest, which is available to us later upon, uh, in resurrection after we die. Now, so that's key number two. Key number one was... Uh, <clears throat> in here somewhere. Does anybody remember what it was? I have two sermons up here. How's this possible? Inaugurated eschatology, right? It's, it's started, but it's not yet consumed. The second key, these, these different layers, and then this third one, and then I want to try to move towards practical. This third one is, uh, I would say it this way, physical to spiritual and temporal or temporary to eternal. Sabbath, or this idea of Sabbath and rest, is a physical invitation. It's an invitation for you to stop doing something physically so that something is available to you spiritually. So when we stop the work of creating, doing, being, and, and, and moving around, doing the things that we do, when we stop, 
Something becomes available to us spiritually that isn't available to us in that way when we're working, doing, producing, creating. So what is temporary or physical allows us to tap into something that's spiritual. This is why people do Lent. This is why people fast, right? We stop eating, not because we don't need any food, but so that we're open to something spiritual that we're not open to otherwise. The idea of Shabbat and rest is similar, where we stop doing something physical so that we can become open to something spiritual. And then, of course, something that's temporary, something that we can experience here in our lives now, leads us to or practices us for what our experience will be forever in God's presence. Now, let's see if we can move this towards uh, uh, something a little bit more practical. A couple of thoughts. One, you were made for Sabbath. As a human being, this is actually what you were made for. So I want to encourage you to do it. I'm not, I don't want you to, to raise your hands, but I, I, I wonder if I were to ask by show of hands, how many of us every week carve out a section of our time in our week to stop, to put down our work, to not create, and to rest? How many of us could actually say that we do that? But what's fascinating in the scriptures is this, you think about Adam and Eve. Go back to creation, Genesis chapter 1. Adam and Eve are created on day 6. Right? And at the end of day six, they're created, and it says that God, God created Adam and Eve, and he invited them to do these things. This is like who you are, right? Participate in creation. And then the end of day six happens, and God says it was good. And Adam and Eve's first full day in creation is what? It's rest. It's Shabbat. It's Sabbath. So their first day as human beings, it's not work, 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 so that you get rest. It's not work, 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 do, 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 produce, 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 so that you deserve the vacation. It's actually, this is your first day. Rest, be, relationship, intimacy, delight, wonder. That's their first day as a human. That's their first day in existence. And then the work of creation begins. We, you, me, humans, this is a gift from God to order our lives in a certain kind of way where we receive and we taste and see and we, 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 with open hands, trust that there is enough to go around and we rest and we stop and we begin there. We don't begin the other way around where we work, 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 work so that we can rest. Maybe I would say it this way. I would encourage us, I want to challenge us, invite us to learn what does it mean to work from our rest instead of resting from all of our work? What does it mean for you and for me to begin with rest? To begin with the gift that God gives, which is presence, relationship, intimacy, wonder, delight, beauty, food. And we receive And then, from our rest, we participate in the work of creation. Which is a total flip, I think, for many of us. So you were made for it. So I want to encourage you to carve it out. 
Go back to your roots. Take what's yours. It is a gift waiting for you. From the beginning, God says this is the way we should order our lives. So I want to encourage you. I think my phone is dinging. I don't know if anybody else can hear that. I'm going to turn that off. Sorry. Boy, oh boy. So what does that mean? I, I, I want to say physically, stop. Take one day during the week and stop. Don't work. Put it down. Stop creating. Stop doing. Stop producing for a day. Spend time with people who you love. Spend time with the people who give you life. Do the things that fill you up. Eat well. Take the time to cook a meal and actually sit down at the table and eat it. Light candles. If you're a family here at Awaken, I want to encourage you. Uh, invite people over to your house. If you're single here at Awaken, I want to invite you to receive some of the uh, invitations that may come. Not because you're, you need it, but because Shabbat, in essence, is about community, and it's about friendship, and it's about being together. So let's create space for one another. Really practically, turn off your cell phone. 24 hours. I would, I would invite any of you in the room to try it this week. For 24 hours, turn off your cell phone and don't check your email. I can't tell you how hard that is and how much of a gift it is when I've done it. Incredible. So Sabbath and rest is this wonderful, beautiful, full and rich idea, but it begins with small practical things. So I want to encourage you today as you leave, maybe ask one question. What does it look like for me to take one step towards creating a day of rest? And maybe it's something small. Maybe it's something that you could start with, but I want to encourage you to write it down and actually do it. Continue this conversation in your life group. Lastly, I'm going to say this. As your pastor, will you help me give this gift to my family? Being a pastor is, uh, it's interesting work. I never thought I'd be standing here. I never thought I'd be saying these things to you. <laughs> and it's a, it's a unique situation. And my kids, uh, they have a unique life, right? You can't really fly under the radar. Now, thankfully, my kids like the microphone, and they, so they're okay there. But it's a unique situation. I want to just tell you about kind of our rhythm uh, as I close. Friday and Saturday is typically my day off. It's our day off. Fridays, we drop the kids off at school, which is the proverbial we. That Laura drops the kids off from school. I actually sleep that day uh, until they come ba- she comes back. But we drop the kids off at school. And then Friday, we spend the day together. We try to, as much as we can. Sometimes it's a bike ride. Sometimes it's hanging out in the park. Sometimes it's working in the yard. Sometimes it's cleaning the house. Sometimes it's eating breakfast out and then lunch out too. And then Friday night when the kids come home, we have created this version of Shabbat. I think if somebody who were actually Jewish, who actually did Shabbat dinner came to our house, they would be like, what on earth is happening here? This is not Shabbat. And it's not. We've sort of taken things and borrowed things, and Google is very helpful. There's lots of blessings that you can just, Shabbat blessings for kids or Shabbat blessings for wine. So for us, it's a sacred 
moment in our week where we gather around the table, we set the table with special dishes, we bought like dollar wine glasses so that when they break them, we don't care. Everybody gets a special drink, so the girls get like bubbly juice and the parents get wine. Again, usually a couple of asses. <laughs> and we, we say a blessing over the wine and... Uh, it's so amazing. Kids are incredible. We went to somebody's house the other night. It was Friday, and we are like, oh, it's actually Shabbat. And we were drinking something, and uh, we all had juice. And somebody, I said, does anybody want to offer the, the blessing for, for the wine? And one of my kids, like, on cue, in Hebrew, <laughs> she says, Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam hagafen. And I'm just kind of like, what just happened here? They just pick it up. I don't even know what half of those words mean, but something about blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the vine. And so she offers this blessing for the wine, and then we light, uh, we have bread, and we say a blessing over the bread, and we have candles on the table, and we say a blessing over the candles, and we just thank God for the gift of Shabbat. And then we have all of our phones on the table, and we, we hold the button on the top right for a long time until it says slide to power off. It's very simple. Just turn it off. And we turn off the iPad, uh, and we try as much as we can to just be present with each other. And then we eat, and we tell stories, and we play this game called What If, which is, it's what if. (laughs) What if anything? So if Bob were up, we'd say, Bob, you're up. What if? And just whatever Bob says, like, what if, what if we could fly quadricopters in this place? Like, everybody got their own quadricopter, and we could fly it all? I mean, how cool would that be? And everyone's like, awesome. And then one of the kids, what if there was a tunnel that went from the, the neighbor's house to our house, and we could go back and forth at night? That'd be awesome! What if, and it's just, like, imagination. Just what if. And then there's another game we play called, uh, what's it called? One word, one word. And so one person says a word, And then the next person, just whatever comes to mind. So, Laura, you would start and you would say, dolphin, what comes to your mind? Fish. Fish. Water. Water. Fun. Fun. Sun. Happy. Love. Love. Because dolphins are lovely, right? (laughs) They just go around and everybody... And all we're doing is giving somebody the floor and giving them a space for their voice to be heard. And we're just asking other people to affirm what they've said. And we go around the table, and everybody gets a chance. And you would not believe the crazy, fun times we have had around this table. And I'll tell you what, friends. Everybody is more beautiful in candlelight. (laughs) Even you. (laughs) So light candles. Turn off the lights. So this is what our Sabbath dinner looks like. And then on Saturdays, we try to do something fun as a family. Now, I've hesitated sharing this with any of you for a while. We've been doing it for a little bit because I wanted to live in it. And I wanted us to be speaking from a place of having something to offer. Laura and I will not get everything right as parents. But I, this one is the best thing we have ever done as a mom and dad for our kids. To set time aside in the week where we put it down and we stop and we rest and we're present to each other without something being an intermediary without a screen mediating. 
So I would ask you as your pastor to help give this gift to our kids, to my kids. Um, so if it's an emergency on Friday, call me. I get it. Stuff happens. But if it can wait, don't. My phone will probably be off. And if you could, just don't die on a Friday. <clears throat> That would be really helpful for us <laughs> in our day. This one time we were reading a proverb, which it didn't last long. We thought, hey, maybe we should read a proverb at Shabbat, and it did not last long at all. But the first night, there was this one passage about lady wisdom, and it kept saying this word about lady wisdom, and I, you know, I'd say, and so lady wisdom would wander around the streets, and I stopped, and I said, who do you think is Lady Wisdom? And Dahlia goes, I think it sounds a lot like God's helper. Yes, I would have never thought of it that way. So beautiful. What do you think is the light of day one? To which you're like, what does that mean, Dad? <laughs> Some unbelievably beautiful moments have happened. So I say all that to say, and I invite you into that, because it's not hard, but it's been really hard to protect that. And I want to encourage you as, a, as an individual, as a family, this is a gift waiting to be received that God wants to give a particular way of inhabiting space and time that I think is available for us, for you, right now. Step into it. Receive it. I'm going to have uh, my wife, Laura, she's going to read a poem, a little reflection that she wrote on Shabbat and because uh, I think it captures a little bit of what I hope uh, you're hearing, and uh, I'm inviting you to try to carve out space and time for in your own life. So I'll ask John, Mark, and the crew, they're going to come, and we're going to close uh, singing together. Um, <clears throat> but let me offer just a word of prayer, and then Laura will read this reflection, and uh, we'll sing a little bit together. So pray with me if you would. God, as we think about this gift that you are just waiting to give, wanting to give. God, I pray that for us as a community, as a church, as individuals, that we would begin to learn what it means to live in a rhythm that's in sync with who you are, where we take time out of our day, out of our week, to stop, to rest, to be, to eat, to delight. And God, I pray that we would find you there in a way that we haven't found you anywhere else that you would make available to us something that wasn't available to us before. So help us to master the art of living well. Help us to learn from Jesus this rhythm of life, which includes rest and work, I pray. My family's Shabbat, our break, our rest, our seeing again and coming back together. More time at the table, enjoying food, wine, each other. We listen and see God the creator, 
redeemer, sustainer. The homemade challah drizzled with honey may their senses recall when their mom made bread on Shabbat and they perched on a stool beside, braiding their own pieces of dough. It feels sacred, this ancient tradition, bringing the same richness for us as it has to millions of Jews through the ages. A gift for the taking that's been there all along. Would we but intend the time and commit ourselves to it? May you come to know the God who gives gifts. Gifts of grace, gifts of rest, gifts of intimacy and relationship. And may you come to know it as what you were made for. My hope and prayer is that you would taste and see that God is good. Amen. Grace and peace. Love you guys. If you would like prayer for anything at all, um, come on down to the front here. Thanks. See ya. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.